Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast, hosted by fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Ideas for Small Business. I'm your host, Tim Hayden. Hey, I'm really glad today uh, to have Kip Miller with us. Uh, Kip is someone that typically a lot of people we have on our podcast, I may know or know someone that knows, but uh, Kip's name crossed my path by a friend of mine that heard Kip speak at Anderson University, and everyone knows our businesses in Anderson, South Carolina. So I uh, heard him speak and said, Tim, I think Kip will be a great person for you to interview in your podcast. So Kip, welcome. We're glad to have you with us today. It's so good to be with you, and thank you for the invitation. Yep. Hey, so Kip, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your business, etc. Well, uh, I'm married uh, to a wonderful lady, Kim. Um, she is my partner in everything we do. She always has been. We've actually worked together for 28 years. Somebody said I need to write a book about that, <laughs> um, but we're, we, we may do that one day. Uh, we have three adult children who are all married. Um, something unique about our family is uh, Kim and I went to Anderson when it was a junior college in 1975 through 77. Um, we have our, all of our three adult children decided on their own to go to Anderson University and received degrees. They all married their spouses. They met married spouses from Anderson University. So we are an AU family. Um, but uh, with that being said, 41 years, uh, we have uh, five grandchildren with twins expected any, any moment now. Wow. So uh, God gave us a company, Eastern Industrial Supplies. Uh, it is a pipe, valve, and fitting, as well as commercial plumbing supplier. And so we have 16 locations in six southeastern states. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, again, we're glad to have you on our podcast today. And, hey, I know that um, you know I've done a little bit of research about you, and you and I have met previous to getting together today. And you know something that really sparked some interest for me is your uh, Eastern Cares program. So, hey, can you tell, us, tell our listeners a little bit about your Eastern Cares program? Well, Eastern Cares was birthed back in 2002. Uh, when we decided that um, we would employ a chaplain service to help take care of our people as we grew. It was hard for me to be um, multiple places at one time. Uh, when people had needs, I'd like to be there beside them, our, our employees. And, and so someone told us about a chaplain company that could help us do that. And I thought, wow, that's terrific. So um, they would come in once a week, and it was voluntary. They'd speak to you, and it was confidential. And I could see within the first 90 days it was a, a very good move that we made because it was it was caring for people. When they rolled that out, they called it Eastern Industrial Supplies Cares. 2002, I'd never seen Cares attached to a sports team, a company name, or anything. So they were a little bit ahead of, 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 of maybe other, other people. And um, a couple of years later, we shortened the name up to Eastern Cares. And um, that's kind of the initial birthplace of of how all that got started. Okay. Hey, uh, one thing that, um, you know, you have, I think, part of the Eastern Cares program, you have four C's. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, talk, talk to our listeners a little bit about what those are and what they mean for Eastern. Well, a couple of things. I had a guy that really encouraged me to wear Christ on my sleeve a little bit more as a business person, and I tried to figure what figure out what that meant. There were no books and really no courses or anything about being a Christian business person. Uh, the only thing out there was things that Larry Burkett had done, and uh, I, I bought his series of CDs and, and listened to those over and over and over, and he was the kind of guy ahead of his time in, in that regard. Uh, so I 
worked diligently to try to figure that out, met with other people on a regular basis, and we talked about how we could use our uh, um, companies as a platform for God to do his ministry. And uh, then I had another guy, different guy, challenge me to come up with a ministry plan at work and to in- incorporate it into our strategic plan. And so um, I went to an FCA event, and they had this thing called their four C's of coaches, camps, campuses, and community. And that kind of re- resonated where I was at that time. And I thought we could have our four C's. I heard a sermon uh, about Acts 1-8 and said that Christ would go and do good works in Jerusalem, Judea, so on and so forth. And we were to go do likewise. And um, pastor said, well, you know, uh, that that Judea is is you know right right there where we are right here in our community. So anyway, I started sitting down and, and that's where we came up with our four C's. First of all, our our company we need to care. We need to have initiatives that show care, display care for the people in our community. Our company. Then we wanted each one of our branches to give back to their communities. You know, life is more about products we sell. It's about people. So who can you get involved with? Who can you help? Opportunities are endless, plus it's a, a good teamwork. Uh, it has a business benefit where you get out and you work. There's a good teamwork a- aspect to it. And we wanted to care for our country, um, and that we, we wanted to take place in the National Day of Prayer. We have that every May. We, uh, we wanted to have uh, be intentional when it came to natural disasters in our country to be able to reach out and help. And then uh, the other C was cultures. That really takes care of everybody else around the world. So we became very strategic in thinking about uh, what were some initiatives as the years rolled on where we could add an initiative or two under one of those four Cs and then roll it into our strategic plan. Okay. You know, I think that's a really great. Hey, where, I mean, you. I think you just answered this question, but I'll ask it again anyway. You know, where did you learn about this, and why did you implement this program? Um, well, uh, after those challenges, um, I was just uh, really where I became thirsty for it. Let me go back. Uh, my CFO asked me in the late 90s, uh, he said, uh, hey, Larry Burkett's having a business by the book conference in Myrtle Beach. Do you want to go? Let's take our wives. I thought, man, that's a good idea. We'll go play some golf. Um, but this was a seminar, business by the book. There's about five chapters in, or case studies in that seminar. I, it's still They still have these things today. And you sit there with a group of people around your table and you have this case study that they lead you through, and then you have to meet with your group, and you have to use the scriptures to find the answers. And it was common problems I was having. And I found out that there were over 2,300 scriptures that had to do with money and finance and human relation principles. I had gone to church my whole life, but I had never made a connection from the scriptures on Sunday to the scriptures on being used Monday through Friday. Mm. And so that just lit a fire in me. I said, man, here it is. I know all this stuff. All I have to do is apply it and really be intentional with it. And it's, it's godly. And he'll bless that. And uh, it'll help me be a better business person. So that lit the fire. And then I came along these couple of chaplains and then other business people who were trying to operate their company similar. God just put all that together in the late 90s, early 2000s, and um, 
I still meet with some of those guys today trying to figure out what does it look like for today's times. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for our listeners just to, to hear, you know, you mentioned the name Larry Burkett a couple of times, and I know that my mom, when she taught me how to handle my finances as a teenager, we used Crown Financial Ministries or Larry Burkett, you know, his, his uh, information in order to do that. So I got exposed to that at a real early age. You know, and now, you know, people, you and, and she gave me that business by the book. I still have it to this day. So it's, yeah. a great, it's a great read. So if our listeners have not read that, that's a great read. But now today, uh, I think Dave Ramsey's taken, taken that space over, you know, when it comes to your personal finance and also with Entree Leadership. I'm a part of Entree Leadership. Yeah. So I think that in today's market, so Dave Ramsey to me is Larry Burkett on steroids. That's a, <laughs> a, a great way to sum it all up exactly. You know, but I think that, but I think that even you know, we're getting away from our podcast. But I do think that if people are interested in that, there's some great tools that you can look that are biblical, all biblical principles that are important in how we run our business. And I highly recommend them. Yep, that, that's good. I, I do as well. So, so you get you get two thumbs up from from this podcast. <laughs> hey, I do want to um, go back for a second because you talked about chaplains, but you had told me a story earlier about and and to let our listeners know how many locations do you have. And you know, and where are you geographically? I think you're all throughout the southeast. But also, you talked about you know where some of that where the chaplains came into place was about. You did a survey, so you want to unpack that for our listeners? Yeah. So we did a survey uh, as the company began to grow and expand. We were run one branch for many many years, and uh, then we were two, then we were three, then we were four. And some of the people that were working in Greenville were now moving out into these other cities and operating these branches. And so we are in six southeastern states, um, um, Atlantic coastal region, and uh, not that far away, but far enough where you're not going to have gatherings, you know. And so we used to have a lot of those in our backyard and had a lot of fun time when we were one branch. And we do an annual survey, and survey came back one year and said that uh, they felt like we were losing our family atmosphere. And uh, that was something that I found out was really important to me because that answer stung me to the core. And because uh, that's that's center that's caring, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt like well, maybe we're not caring like we should be. And then um, we were undergoing a building expansion and uh, there was some downtime. And uh, one of the guys uh, leaned across the table and, and, you know, asked a conversation starter question. He said, hey, what keeps you up at night? I said, well, right now it's a survey. And I explained it. And he said, hey. Uh, let me let me give you some advice. A company I used to work with used to have these chaplains come in, and it was confidential, voluntary, and out of all the benefits we had, that was the that was the the one that we would least likely want to give up if they cut our benefits. He said that might help you, so he uh, he got me the contact information, and I called and spent several months uh, vetting that out, and I thought, you know what, this is what we need right now. This will help. Uh, have people available to serve our people who are in different markets and uh, and care for them uh, maybe in ways that I can. I also found out as time went on, uh, one of our core values being self-responsibility, when our associates, employees would have a problem, they wouldn't necessarily tell me, um, but they'll tell a chaplain. Mm-hmm. And so it really gave an additional avenue to help folks. Okay, I, I think that's great. You know, and even and on our podcast, you know, um, 
you know, we have a business chaplain that, you know, when I bought my parents out officially in 2011, yeah. that was the very first thing I did. Excellent. And I tell you, it's been, it's been a great, I mean, he's part of our, he's part of our family. You know, if we hear, if we have somebody that's, something's going on, if a family member was in an accident, whatever, he's our first call. Yeah, because I, I think it's very important. Hey, and when it started out, it wasn't that way. And it's just all about relationships and it developing is. it over time. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, as people have heard on our podcast before, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. So, hey, um, you know, a question for you. Do you and your wife participate um, you know, in your Eastern Cares program? Your wife works for your company too, correct? Well, uh, I will say people have said, you're the man in charge, but your wife is the one that knows what's going on. So, <laughs> uh, With that being said, uh, she's transitioning to her own company, uh, but we have worked together for years and years. And her company and, and my company, we're still connected uh, in, in the industry. It's just... A product specific and market okay. specific uh, ter- territories, but anyway, yeah, we we uh, we feel like we need to be front and center of what's going on with Eastern Cares, and uh, one of the things that we did to partner together as the company grew, we never really did strategic planning until, gosh, sometime in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, our company started in nineteen eighty, and we were just being busy trying to trying to build a company, get out of debt. Um, and we we never really did uh, any planning, and I felt you know you a lot of small business owners uh, probably felt like like I I did where you feel like you're behind the train pushing it, um, but there's nobody um, uh, in the in the engine booth the conductor looking to see where it's going, and so that's the way that it was, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're both just pushing pushing pushing, and so. Uh, we we did des- we did decide to to do some strategic planning and and part of the process was the consultant said um, hey do you you and your wife any have any visions and dreams so well yeah I said we we would like to to build a, an orphanage one day children's home I thought it was a with a ministry here in the upstate you know and uh, he said well I think you need to share that with your staff and you need to get started on it. Hmm. And uh, so we kind of just started asking around and uh, found out really quick it wasn't going to be feasible to do that in Greenville in the U.S. because of all the regulations we were going to face. And so I shared it with our first ever chaplain. And uh, he and his wife had a min- have a ministry that really partners uh, God-given visions and helps them to become realities. And so I shared my vision with him. And... Um, he said, well, I'll, I'll you know, see what God does. Let's pray. So uh, he had a call from Romania. There was some um, lady from, I think, uh, Italy who wanted to build an orphanage. So we went over to Romania, and we did a Christian business conference, uh, business by the book conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, we went and looked at this site and the plans, and it just didn't line up with our vision. And uh, we came back, and God went quiet for 18 months. And 2005, I was on vacation with my family. He called, he says, well, I found somebody that wants to build an orphanage. And it just happened to be in Tanzania, (laughs) halfway around the world. (laughs) Tanzania is on the east coast of Africa, right below Kenya. And um, right in the middle of the country is a little town called Oringa. Oringa had one of the highest age-related deaths in the world at that time. And um, not much education on on all, all that. And Anyway, um, there was an indigenous couple there that uh, wanted were, were teaching some children education during the day, and kids had nowhere to go at night. They were sleeping in the bush. Their parents were dead. 
their aunts and uncles were dead. There's nobody to care for these kids. And so he and his wife wanted to care. And um, he told me, my, my partner, my chaplain, told me about them. And, and so, uh, of course, I'm, I'm a business guy. So well, you need to give me a business plan. What do you mean? Well, show me what your buildings are going to look like, who's going to run it, what's it going to cost, all those things. Come to find out, they had no clue as to what I was talking about, but they figured it out and uh, found some land and, and and had a budget, and so I knew you know the top-end number, and um, I sat down with the first-ever chaplain. He said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't, I don't know. He said, how, how are you going to do, how are you going to trust them or whatever? I said, well... I said that that's the only thing we have is trust, mm. and um, I said, well, I'll, I'll send some money over, and I'll ask for some pictures because iPads were had be- become available, yeah, and then the iPhone was becoming available. And so he sent some pictures back. He, I'd send money over, and he'd buy whatever and send me pictures of what he bought, and we did everything on trust. And I didn't make it over there until July of '06. Uh, but God partnered to build an, an orphanage and uh, had seven or eight buildings on it. Uh, had 36 kids. Most of them um, came out of the bush. Hmm. Um, some people would just leave their kids on the side of the road, and wow. officials would bring them to to us. And but there's an indigenous uh, partnership there. There's a partnership here, and then there's Eastern. So it's kind of like a um, a trifle uh, partnership that we have and. Um, to this day, um, there's an orphanage with about 36 kids. There's a children's home separate with 30-something children. And we built a boarding school, a secondary school, that has 110 students in it. So mm. God's just blessed that. There's been a foster care ministry that started as a result of that uh, that has over 250 kids being wow. cared by indigenous uh, Africans. With children, um, we started a widow's ministry. Um, it was just one vision uh, that was an open door to many other things that God wanted mm. to do. And so, uh, I wish it wasn't halfway around the world, uh, <laughs> but I've gone seven or eight times, and uh, we go over for a week or two. Our people go with us from work that want to go, and we help pay their way and give them time off. And they'll go. We'll we'll go do work and hang out with the children and the workers and. And just bond, and I, I found out if I can get our employees out of this country into somewhere like Africa, they come back change people. Wow, they really do, wow. and um, they, their whole mindset changes from being very appreciative, not being appreciative, or thinking about what we don't have here in America mm-hmm. that we want, to over there they have nothing. Wow, they have nothing, and they're happy. We have everything, and we're not happy. Mm. And it's so evident when you, so if I can get them over there, I want every one of them to go. Yeah. You know, to, to see that ministry, but also to come back changed. Yeah. No, that's great. And you've been, you started that in, two, the Lord laid that on you in 2005? Well, it was really around 2003. Okay. Um, early 2000s, uh, that same period when we were doing strategic planning. Yeah. But 2005 is when it opened or when it started, when you start, they started construction? Because I think you said you went over in 06, just to put that yep. in my mind. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. We, we, uh, we decided to buy the property and start moving forward in 2005. Okay. Uh, that's great. You mentioned about you know some of, a lot of your team and associates going over. So hey, describe to our listeners um, 
Because You Care days that you have in your plan. I think this is awesome, what you do. Well, we call them Because You Care days. We used to call them missional days. And I heard about that at that Billy Graham conference where one of the companies gave their people some time off. And I had seen that um, our people really wanted to go with their church or group to do mission work. They just didn't want to take off uh, vacation. Hmm. They didn't mind raising thousands of dollars to go. They just didn't want to use vacation. So we said, let's make it easy for ministry to be done. And um, we can have them write up a little article and we can publish it in our pipeline if they give us permission. And we'll keep a little pin map. Uh, It's a digital map, but everywhere they go, we'll put their picture and where they went. And um, it it just became something that people really took advantage of. Um, They would might take, we, we we give each associate, we offer five days off a year um, exclusives of a vacation so they get paid to take time off and uh, it doesn't have to be a necessarily ev- evangelical work it can be civic work it can be traveling with your 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 um, your daughter or son's uh, school going on a school trip or something uh, families don't get to spend a lot of, enough time together so um, we have some people that will take off a week and then maybe four or five more days uh, to go with their church somewhere or we might have someone that'll take off a half a day a year to go up to Furman University to do Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. So um, some don't some don't take off any of the days. But uh, we had about 41 people participate last year, and I think it was approximately 13,000. I'm sorry, 1,300 hours or 163 work days mm. to to give back to the community or in, really anywhere around the world where they want to serve. Yeah, but I think that's great. I have never heard of any companies doing what you're talking about there. Mm. I mean, I have never, until you and I met and talked about this, and I think for our listeners to lean in, that may be something that you know the Lord may work inside your heart to maybe put a plan in place. I know, honestly, you're, you're challenging me, Kip, to really think about, okay, how can, what does it look like in our business? And if any of our team members are listening, they, you know, they'll hold me accountable to it. But just thinking, what does that look like? Because I think that can, you know, that can change local communities. That can change, that can change our state. That can change our country. That can change the world. Yeah. You know, but, and I think that's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an awful huge footprint that we can touch just, you know, uh, to be able to, you know, to serve people. Yeah, and so that's that's what we want to do, and um, that's what I found that you know even if a person's not a believer in Christ, they still want to help other people. Mm. Most people I met care. Now that that's one thing that I found that no matter where I've gone in the world, I haven't been that many places. I've never met a person that did not want somebody to care about them. Mm. And so we're just born with that. Yeah. And now I've met people that I didn't think cared, but still. We, we need we need to offer those helping hands of service and yep. have a positive impact on people. And that's what the, the those Easter care days are. Okay. I think that's great. What's been the reaction of your team since you started implementing that? Um, I, I just think it's an enhancement to our culture where um, we I tell my people that uh, life is short, um, profits are important, but they can rest assured as long as they work at Eastern, profits will never be more important than people. Mm. And so that's a demonstration right there. Instead of just using words, look, we want you to go back and we want you to help people give back, go have a positive impact. 
If you'll give of your time, if you'll give of your energy, the sweat of your brow, so to speak, we'll make sure you don't miss a paycheck. Wow, that's good. And so um, I can only say that it I, that I believe it's been transformative mm-hmm. for some of them, you yep. know, to know that they can go and do that, and it's not something that's common in the marketplace. Yep. When I think you said last year, I mean, your team has given 13,000 hours. 1,300. Thir- I'm sorry, yeah, 1,300. Right. So thank you, 1,300. But to me, that's a that's a big deal. That was in 2018, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but everyone on your team does not participate. Is that correct? They're, they're, they can if they choose to. Is that, that So this is a choice. They're not forced to do this. Yeah, right? we have a form that they fill out before going. I said, they don't fill it out after because it's not going to work. <laughs> they have to fill it out what they're going to do. Uh, if there's any uh, pamphlets or whatever they're going to do, they'll, they need to attach it. They have to get it approved by their manager because it has to, of course, you got to schedule work activity. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to we have a director of Eastern Cares, and that person will approve it. Okay. So that's kind of the way it works. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned, you, and you mentioned the types of events. So some people may go to special events at Furman one day. Some people may go out of the country. Is there any other type of things that are just unique that someone may go participate in? Yeah, well, they'll participate in things maybe that not that don't necessarily come under the umbrella of the care days. Um, but say like in their communities, uh, we have a branch that is a regular supporter of a bruised and battered women's shelter. Mm. So as a team, they get together at 5.36 a.m., and they go cook breakfast for those ladies. Mm. Um, So we have branches that work at the um, Volunteer for Boys and Girls Club. We've had groups that have uh, helped build habitat habitat homes. That's kind of a a common thing. Um, We have branches that will participate in blood drives. That's their big thing every year. Um, one of the one of the most in, incredible things one of our locations does is they partner with a, a boys and girls homes homes network, and so every year they take up enough money and donate enough items to provide children in those homes with Christmas, mm. which is the only Christmas they get. Mm. So. They'll put together the bicycles, and just, they'll just make it a team event, and then a group of them will go, and there'll be a Mr. and Miss Santa. And uh, We've talked about needing to record that and video that uh, because they come back with, you know, you should see the kids' eyes light up, and, you know, it's it's uh, not not necessarily you're out sharing the gospel, but you're out sharing the love of Christ, yeah. and you're reflecting his light back on them and yeah. doing you know, having a positive impact in those kids' lives. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. You know, hey, um, you talked about that this affects your culture, but can you describe your work culture before you implemented this program and, and after you implemented it? You know, what, what are some changes? That, have you seen change? Well, yeah, I would. that's hard for me to say. Um, being always a Christian and trying to be a Christian business person, uh, it's always just been trying to enhance that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What I would say about that story is one year we hired some marketing folks uh, who used to work with Walmart. And if anybody could figure out how to market a pipe valve feeding company, they should. <laughs> so they said, well, you need uh, you need a brand or you need a character. And uh, we're thinking about all these things. And they came up <clears throat> with this wrench and it, <clears throat> it was a talking wrench. And, you know, it's like a <clears throat> had a hard hat on and. There was another consultant we were working with on something else, and 
and uh, we just were talking idly, drinking coffee, and we said, you know, right, we're trying to figure out what our, you know, we're trying to come up with a brand. He said, what? Yeah. He said, you already have one. And we looked at him, and he said, Eastern Cares, duh. <laughs> and we thought, wow, that is that is our DNA. Mm-hmm. So that is Eastern's brand, is Eastern Cares. And then there's all those host of things under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it has impacted our culture. Um, they're, they're um, I don't want to say proud, maybe proud with a little P, but they're, they're, they're happy. I had somebody tell me the other day, I'm, I'm really proud when somebody asks me where I work because mm-hmm. I get to tell them. And people have heard yeah. about us. Yeah. So in that regard, yeah, it's had a positive impact on our culture. But that's not why we do it. Yeah. No, I, I understand. But that that's just a side benefit mm-hmm. that you get out of that. But that's not that's not the heart behind it, right? Yes. I, exactly. I, yeah, I agree. Right. And you know, when and you know, I ask that question about culture, and and I know our listeners have heard me say this a lot. What we what you permit, you promote. And you know what, Kip, you permit people. To be, to be part of this program, and you're promoting that. So I yeah. think that's a great thing. That's yeah, good. I really do. I think that's a great thing. Thank you. Hey, um, what's one of the most rewarding events to date that you've participated in? Well, I would have to say uh, uh, my wife and our participation in Tanzania mm. because that really stretched our faith. Mm. You know, me being a business guy, I want to see it. I'm not going to invest in something before I see this yeah. or that. And God, you know, as uh, God said, that's all you have is trust. And um, I, I have never seen mismanagement of any funds or anything in the last 14 years of my partnership. The nonprofit there is called Daily Bread Life, and uh, the man that runs it uh, is as a MBA grad now and businessman. And his wife uh, is a degree psychologist, so she's able to counsel the children. And um, she she loved they both love the children mm-hmm. and um, uh, just being connected with them and just seeing other things that God did outside the initial mm-hmm. you know whether it was a vision a thought an idea about the orphanage you know you think about those things oh that'd be good to do but does it really become a reality mm-hmm. I didn't have any kind of master plan yeah so God just took that and. Um, provided for us to be able to do it and um, we did all that uh, and it's scary like uh, 2005 and we we know what happened in 2007 2008 Mm -hmm. and uh, I look back on those times and think about you know all that money and borrowing some money to do this that and the other and but God sustained that ministry and it flourished and um, we've seen so many people come to know Christ and be healed of all kind of things yeah. and it's just been incredible oh, that's that's awesome hey how has this program helped you as a leader well it's helped to hold me accountable mm-hmm. um, I've really taken this idea and this concept um, national to some folks that are in this uh, marketing group that I'm a member of um, from people in North America North Carolina and I'm sorry uh, New Mexico and Canada and uh, U.S. and um, just started a faith breakfast there um, where we were just kind of sharing what do we do, where, where's our faith, how do we try to share faith at work, you know, make do God's work mm-hmm. uh, in the workplace. And, um, you know, just seeing some other companies um, um, using chaplains. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I forgot the question. 
No, you you just answered it, so you good, so we can edit that out. Okay, no problem. <laughs> no, it was uh, how has this program helped you as a leader? So you you talked yeah. about. You so know. it's um, you know, I read a book by Francis Chan one time, and it was uh, the Forgotten God, and it was about the Holy Spirit. And one thing he says in that book is he said. Uh, um, Any time that um, you get outside your comfort zone for God, you can be assured it's the Holy Spirit. Mm. So um, he really put it on my my mind, my heart to to, to talk about having a a, a, a breakfast. Um, I, we call it prayer breakfast in the South. Mm-hmm. So I called the president of the organization. I said, "What do you think about uh, us having a, a, fa- a prayer breakfast?" He said, "Well." Um, I like prayer and I like breakfast, but what is a prayer breakfast? So I realized right then that was a, a southern term, and uh, I said, let me call you back with a name, and we'll talk about it. And um, he wanted to know what I want to do. As we said, it's a faith breakfast, multi-dominational. Let's come and share um, how we're trying to use our businesses to do God's ministry and to do good, to give back. And people like to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and and um, yeah, so so God God stretched me and got me way outside of a comfort zone mm-hmm. a couple of times in front of hundreds of people. Yeah, um, uh, where I really felt what it was like to wear Christ on your sleeve. Mm, that's right. So did some things in fear and trepidation and uh, say some things in front yeah. of some people that really stretched me. Yeah, that's great. Hey, so so as we close our podcast. Uh, my last question, what words of advice would you give to a company or to a business leader or owner that wants to start a program like Eastern Cares or something similar to it? I would just say that, um, you know, you, you would want to, it, to we, we need to honor God in, in what we do. And uh, I think uh, it's in Matthew five fourteen and 17. And if you're a believer and you are a business owner or you're a, a worker, it doesn't matter uh, if we're believers, this scripture applies. It says, You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And this verse is the one that really gets me. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds, and that they might glorify your Father in heaven. So it's not about me as a business person taking a Bible and beating somebody over the head with it and trying to get somebody to convert to Christ. It's about me doing what I can every day to be the light of Christ. Mm. You see, uh, uh, none of us generate light, right? The the moon generates no light. It's the sun. Mm -hmm. And so the sun shines on the moon, and then that reflects on us, and that's the same way. God shines on us as Christians, and we're to shine that light back onto others. Mm. And when he, when we do, then He does what He wants to with it. Mm. It's not up to me. That's good. And so I would just encourage you, whether you're in, you're a business owner or you're in business in the world in, in the world Monday through Friday, let let the light of Christ reflect on mm. you. And people say, "Well, I can't share the gospel," or or how do you get about? How do you get around all the laws and rules? There's not that many laws and rules in the marketplace about about sharing Christ. Now I can't force my people mm-hmm. to attend a meeting that's gonna we're gonna have prayer and a Bible study, but I can invite them. Mm-hmm. And if they come, then I can say what I want to. Yeah. And I can pray the way I want to. So yeah. that's the freedom we have in this country. Use the freedom God's given you. 
and don't let the fear of these other groups uh, make your decisions for you. Ah, that's really good. That's good. Well, Kip, thanks for being with us today. We appreciate you taking the time, and hopefully our listeners can lean in and learn some good things about you and your walk with the Lord, but especially with and, and how he's blessed you with Eastern Cares for your whole organization. I know it, it gets me excited just for us to talk about today. So, hey, everyone take care, and God bless. If you'd like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If there's specific topics you'd like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We'll be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that would get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them, and we'll be seeing you guys next month.